Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. The California State Legislature is now threatening to punish Christian universities just for being Christian. We have an exclusive interview with nationally syndicated conservative radio host Steve Dace to talk about anti-Christian persecution. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. Are you ready to pray the news with us? Here's our first story. The California State Legislature has now threatened Christian universities and Christian parochial schools, even Catholic schools, just for being Christian, that they would be excluded from any access, their students would be, not, be denied government loans if the Christian university does not begin to teach homosexual education and open up their bathrooms to cross-dressing men to abuse the privacy of women. Why would California do this? Charisma News reports that after tremendous public outcry now, thank God, there has been a little bit of a backtrack when California State, State Senator uh, Ricardo Lara reportedly decided to amend his wording from the bill he is sponsoring, Senate Bill 1146, so that students attending private colleges and universities with profession of faith requirements and religious codes of conduct will not automatically lose the ability to qualify for state scholarships. So because of the public outcry, they are modifying this bad legislation. But if it had not been modified, then students would not be allowed to attend a Christian school if they received a state scholarship. Now the revised version of the bill still requires schools to disclose their policies and report if any homosexuals are expelled from the Christian school under the government policy, but that Christian schools now have to report these things and their activities, defend why they are Christian to the California state government. And that bill is going to pass, it looks like. But Senator Lara, who is a liberal Democrat, said he will continue examining the issue and may bring back the original terms of the bill next year and actually defund Christian universities throughout California unless they begin promoting homosexual curriculum. Of course, this brought an angry response from Christian lawyers with the Alliance Defending Freedom who are defending Christian colleges and universities and Catholic schools throughout California. For example, senior counsel Gregory Baylor said the following, quote, Students shouldn't have to forfeit their critical financial aid programs in order to attend the religious college of their choice. And the government shouldn't punish faith-based institutions of higher learning or higher education for forming religious communities and sharing religious beliefs. The modifications to Senate Bill 1146 do eliminate its most damaging parts, but 
those may well return in the next legislative session. Supporters of religious liberty, educational opportunity, and freedom of choice must remain vigilant and oppose any legislation that undermines these indispensable freedoms." End quote. Well, that was Alliance Defending Freedom Senior Counsel Gregory Baylor, and our thanks to Charisma News for that quote and that report. You know, there is a battle, and let's take a moment and discern the spirits here. The battle is not necessarily between the Democrat legislators who want to shove homosexuality down some people's throats, and the Christian educators who want their freedom defended and their right to opt out and not promote sin when God commands us to promote holiness. The battle is not just between the people. There are spiritual forces that are informing and influencing these senators to do evil. And when a senator hears a voice and says, I have this idea and this idea comes to me in the private recesses of my office, I'm going to persecute the church and I'm gonna pass a law making it illegal for them to be Christian. Well, the legislator has a choice when he hears that voice. He can listen to the demonic spirit and obey it and invite that demonic spirit to inhabit his personality and manifest the spirit of persecution against the church. The same way the Christian educator has a choice to say, well, I'm being threatened, so maybe I'll just cave in. We'll start promoting the homosexual agenda, and then we'll get a lot of government money. That could be a demonic spirit influencing the Christian educator, but the Christian educator says, no. I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit of God. I'm gonna take a stand. I'm gonna hire Christian lawyers. I'm gonna sue them, and I'm gonna defend my freedom of conscience, not just for me, but for all my students who have a right to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the Spirit of God, and thank God that some educators and lawyers are standing up to defend freedom. The Bible says this in 1 Peter 3, having a good conscience, for when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ, they may be ashamed. Let's pray about this. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we do pray for Christian liberty in Jesus' name. Defeat this evil legislation and the devil. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll have Steve Dace. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. How is your marriage doing? I want to tell you about an exciting new four-part video DVD Bible study series on God's plan for marriage. In this video series, we team up with marriage and family ministry expert Vince Dacchioli. There are a lot of things that get in the way of our ability to have a healthy marriage. But with the way God intended it, He always wanted us to see His view of our relationship together. So everything we do when we talk about marriage, or whether we're talking to men, or whether we're talking to pastors and leaders, it all centers around this idea of vision. It's very important that we understand who God is and our relationship with Him is right in order for us to be able to live out really and truly Ephesians. And that also informs our role as men, how to love our wives. We can't really exactly. love them unless we understand the love of God. Exactly. So if you just think about love, you, we tend to think that love is an emotion. It's more uh, something that I feel, whereas the true definition of love, the way Jesus intended it, is, is not just an emotion, but it's, it's, a, it's charity, it's what I do. You know, to the degree that I am able to see my wife or my spouse through his eyes, that determines everything in my relationship. Yeah. 
and we go through the scriptures in four different parts. Part one is God's design for man and woman. Part two is godly roles for husband and wife. Three is sex and intimacy within godly marriage. And also God's plan for divorce. You wanna have this important four-part video series available for a suggested donation of $30 if you call our toll-free prayer line at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. You too can have a godly marriage. This is PIJN News. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. We're at the Red State Gathering in Denver, Colorado. I'm joined now by a longtime friend, Steve Dace, who has a national radio program syndicated on Salem Radio Network. Welcome, Steve. Hey, brother, how you doing? Good, it's been a long time. You, you're based out of Iowa, and I think I met you in 2007 when I was campaigning with Dr. Alan Keyes for president. Mm -hmm. You used to be a local talent, and what happened? You've blossomed into this nationwide personality. Uh, we are fortunate. We had to bounce around for a little bit. Uh, you know, I kind of do some stints in the minor leagues. I had to do some assistant coaching jobs at uh, mid-major conferences. And then uh, last fall, we were signed by one of the big companies, Salem, uh, to be their new nighttime show, and we debuted in November. Uh, from 9 p.m. to midnight, and we're already in less than a year, well over 60 affiliates, including some big markets across the country, including live in New York City. So we've got this Bible-thumping young evangelical on live doing conservative talk radio in New York City. Uh, and it's interesting to see the reaction we get to that, actually. I mean, I get, I get cabbies who are immigrants and, and Jewish people that love our show. Um, and so it just goes to show that um, even if you have core differences with people, and I think this is something that, that we have to learn in the era that we're getting into, brother, where we're not the dominant impulse in the culture anymore. I well, think we're going to have to learn that we've got to do our craft well. You, you're, a, you're a Bible-believing evangelical, which means that you stand for certain principles, you have certain standards, but you're also a, a political expert. I mean, you've, being in Iowa for years, you've interviewed all of the presidential candidates, surveyed the field. What happened this year in the Republican primary? You know, it's really simple. I mean, I think people are buying into, because of Donald Trump's persona, this notion that this election was so much different, and it wasn't. What we had is pretty much the same primary the Republicans always have. Uh, the old white guy with the highest name ID and the most positive media coverage, with the closest ties to Wall Street and the most moderate to liberal ideology, won the nomination. You ever heard that one before? Well, Did that ever happen before in the Republican it Party? It reminds me of John McCain, of Mitt yes. Romney, of now Donald Trump. Obviously, the, I mean, he's not a war hero like John McCain. He doesn't necessarily bring with him the dignity, uh, self-dignity that a Mitt Romney does. But in, with, with, you know, other than the personality differences, he's the same candidate that the Republicans have typically nominated. I mean, when you give one guy in a 17-team field, 17-person uh, field, when the networks give one guy 60 times more coverage than anybody else, I promise you that if Jim Gilmore... If Lindsey Graham, well, maybe not Lindsey Graham, but if Jim Gilmore had been given 60 times more coverage than anybody else, he would have won the nomination too. And now what you're seeing that we're in the general election is, you know, when you're getting that much media coverage in a crowded field, it masks your negatives and your unfavorables. But now that he's out in the open and it's him uh, having to stand on his own two feet, you're seeing all of his negatives as a candidate come to light. And unless things reverse themselves, he is spiraling towards a historic loss. Well, that would be sad. Uh, as conservatives, we certainly don't want Hillary Clinton. Uh, can I say that? I'm, I'm not endorsing anyone, I'm, but I'm just saying, uh, 
how, he's the only guy left standing. How do you not support him at this point? I think that right now, I think we're undergoing something much bigger than an election in this country. In fact, I, say, I think we're undergoing an election, but maybe of the spiritual kind. That, that I, I think that we are being tested. And I, I think that for too long we have put our faith in, in political idols, whether it's Fox News Network or certain talk show hosts or certain websites, and that these are the people we rely on for truth, and, and these are the entities that are going to save America. The reality is, my friend, that unless we see spiritual revival, like the great awakenings of the past that gave birth to liberty in America, we won't preserve it for the future. And, and I really think this is a time, I, I believe in political activism, you mentioned it's my full-time career, but nothing takes the place for the power of the gospel. And I think it's a time that we need to reprioritize the way we look at culture. And I, I think that we need to begin many of our cultural engagement mission statements with Micah 6.8. That, that the baseline is walk humbly with our God, do justice, love mercy, and start with that vantage point and then have an outreach of what our cultural engagement is from there. Because unless we do things in a way that honors and glorifies God, I don't believe he's going to bless our efforts. Well, Trump is certainly no, no savior. Uh, he's not a idol. I don't want to follow any man as our political idol. We want God to be our only God. We want Jesus to be our only king. And if every voter in America started with that frame, uh, where would America be different? Well, have you noticed that it seems like our choices keep getting worse? Have you noticed that? I mean, right now, we're now at a point, I remember four years ago, the stories were, we've never had an election with two candidates more unpopular or more un people have less enthusiasm for than Obama and Romney. Right now, if we asked most of your viewers, would they take Obama and Romney over Trump and Hillary? Most of America would say, at this point, I might take the dog Obama 8 over Obama or over, over Trump and Hillary. That's how despondent people are. And so I, I, I really think that if you really believe in what Benjamin Franklin said at the First Continental Congress, that God still governs in the affairs of men, and that if an empire, that if a sparrow cannot rise to the ground without the will of God, then neither can an empire. I really believe that, you know, we've prayed for many years, people like us have, that God would move in our country. And I think that he is. It's just that God has to prepare his people to be moved before he can move them. And I think that you're watching a great pruning happen. I think you're watching a lot of the dead weight and a lot of the low-hanging fruit. I think a lot of people that thought that maybe they were Christians because they went to church or they voted Republican, that that's what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. That's what it meant to be on the right side of the truth. I think you're seeing a lot of that fat being trimmed uh, from a sovereign perspective as we speak because I think you're going to see a big move of God happen when this is over. Well, that's the kind of revival we need. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'm going to ask Steve Dace about his book. This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Do you care about defending religious liberty? I know you do. And that's why I'm asking you to take action today. Don't just sit there, but do something. Visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org, and sign a petition that we will fax to Congress on your behalf. In fact, there are three specific petitions I want you to sign to defend military chaplains who are under fire. The first is to support H.R. 343. This is a bill introduced in Congress by my friend, Congressman Walter Jones of North Carolina, to protect free speech for military chaplains who are sometimes punished if they use the word Jesus in their prayers. Well, if you know my story, you know that I was punished in 2006 uh, even at court-martial, because I used the word Jesus in my prayers in uniform in front of the White House. Well, I was later vindicated by Congress, who said it's okay for me to do that, 
But did you know 65 other chaplains are now suing the Navy? I was not the only person. Our second petition I want you to sign is to protect military chapel buildings, which are being desecrated. Christian altars, Catholic or Protestant, are being desecrated by homosexual wedding ceremonies in all 50 states under this order by the Obama administration. Well, that deprives all of our soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines of a sacred worship space, which ought to be protected. And instead, they're gonna punish the chaplain if he won't turn over the keys to his chapel. Here's another petition I want you to sign, and this is to stop threatening court-martial for troops who talk about Jesus. Even recently, the Pentagon is saying, oh, we're gonna threaten you with a crime of proselytizing. No, that's not right. Any soldier ought to be able to talk about his or her faith in Jesus Christ and to have that same religious freedom of speech that we sacrifice to give for others. When you sign these petitions, we will fax them to Congress, and it's free. I want you to take action today. Sign these three important petitions at PrayInJesusName.org. Go there today. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again at the Red State Gathering with my dear friend Steve Dace, nationally syndicated radio host on Salem. Where can people find your, your materials? Probably the easiest place to go is either conservativereview.com or my website, stevedace.com, D-E-A-C-E. -E. Yes, I know it's spelled Dace. Our family, for some reason, has been spelling it wrong for decades now, sir. Stevedace.com, what do people find there? Uh, you can get every show we've ever done, and even the really bad stuff, we don't hide anything. Um, and we like, to, we like to preserve everything we've done because Think Progress and a lot of those left-wing groups, they like to do you know, massive emails on this crazy Bible stuff they say on my show. And we wanna make it really convenient for them. So we save every show chronological so all the, all the pagans, all the progressives out there can go get all of our stuff. It's very convenient so they can chop it up and take it totally out of context later on, okay? So stevedace.com is the best place to go. Uh I think I understand that. I'm like the sixth most watched man in America on Right Wing Watch. There you go. You must be on there. At this point, I've told Right Wing Watch, I want a residual. I want a commission. <laughs> right Wing Watch sends so much stuff out about me, there's got to be a 10% finder's fee out there somewhere. And they're, copy, they're t stealing our copyrights. Exactly. I mean, that's, if, where, where is, that's my brand. That's my likeness. Shouldn't <laughs> I be getting some credit for that? Very good. Talk about your book, A Nefarious Plot. Why the title? Uh, the book is my homage to C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters, and I actually got the idea for it in the shower, where I get most of my best ideas, because it's one of the few times I'm quiet or my phone's not going off. And I was getting ready to actually go do some media for my uh, previous book, uh, Rules for Patriots. And I had this idea pop into my head in the shower, and, and it started with this. This book is dedicated to all the useful idiots out there, especially those of you who had no idea we were using you all this time, for you proved to be the most useful idiots of them all, Lord Nefarious. And I based this book as uh, an homage, as I said, on the Screwtape Letters, and also Randy Alcorn did a, an update several years ago called Lord Falgren's Letters. And so the book is written by a demon general from hell named Lord Nefarious. And he was tasked by the devil over a century ago with the destruction of the United States of America. And in this book, he lays out how he did it. He connects every dot, names names, historical figures, movements, things they corrupted, they created, they co-opted to take us down as a people. He teaches history, theology, albeit from the other side of the looking glass, obviously. And the reason he's putting it into book form is Nefarious wants to convince his master, the devil, that his plot has been successful. And so the way he's going to do that, he's gonna put it in a book, lay it all out, and, 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 and prove that we're so far gone as a people that even when they put it in our face, 
we won't repent. We won't do anything about it. And that will prove to his master, the devil, that hell is one. So it sounds kind of hopeless, but I know there's a silver lining in your book somewhere. No. And, and <laughs> I, 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 I fought this because I can't take nihilistic entertainment. Like, I have to have a redemptive storyline somewhere. I can't get into it. But uh, our publisher, and then finally my wife convinced me, listen, if you're writing a book written by a demon, the demon's not going to come back with, oh, but if you do this, you might win. The demon's going to spike the ball in the end zone. The demon's going to drop your mama jokes. The demon's going to say in your face, right? So I decided to end it that way in the hopes that it might scare readers straight, so to speak. Well, I'm scared. Uh, sounds kind of like a novel, though. Are, are, are there events in the book? Are yes, there characters? It is, it is. It is. I guess you would call it. It's in the fiction section of most bookstores around the country. But it is very realistic. And I, I'm hoping it's an attempt. I've had several people that have read it around the country who are not believers or have walked away from their faith that have emailed me and said, you know, this caused me to reevaluate. Uh, because I think that using, using the bad guys as a device, I think gives us maybe literary permission to say things very provocatively that if you gave a straight up assessment to the culture, um, you know, from a biblical worldview, maybe a lot of people would turn it away. So people in the book, you're going to get a biblical worldview. You're just going to see it from the perspective of what hell thinks of a biblical worldview. Well, you talked about the hope that is found in the gospel, that there is the possibility of a revival that could redeem America, that could turn around the, the ship before it hits the iceberg. What what do we do? I think there's a formula out there for revival. Now, ultimately, revival is a sovereign act of God, right? And, and so, ultimately, that's above our pay grade. But, but there's an obedience aspect to the equation that we play. And so, when I teach Sunday school, even at my home church back home in Des Moines, and this topic comes up, I always go with this formula. Repentance plus reformation equals revival. Meaning, when we are willing to turn away from our own wicked ways, and beginning in our own homes, in our own families, and then corporately as a people. And then when we, when we practice reformation, meaning we worship God in the way he wants us to worship him, in a way that exalts him, where we go to church, and I love contemporary worship music because I'm a contemporary guy, but, but you know, there's contemporary, and then there is, I go to church, and I'm, my worship is focused on how slamming the praise team is, and not about praising the one the song is supposed to be about, right? right. When we go back to reforming our, our teachings and the way we practice church in a way that God and his word, his son, are exalted, and not ourselves, and not superstar pastors or heresies like the prosperity gospel and things of that nature, then I think we, we increase the odds that God will send us revival because we have shown that we have have willing hearts to be obedient. You know, the Psalms say God inhabits the praises of his people. Right. And as we worship him, repentance first, and then true, genuine, heart-to-heart -heart worship, he takes up residence inside of us, and he becomes that revival that we need. The only thing that we have to offer the culture is Christ. The only thing. In the end, if, if you know, it's funny, you ask a lot of believers, what is, the, what is Christianity based on? They'll tell you the Bible. No, it's not. I love the Bible. I'm an evangelical. I'm sola scriptura. I will defend that to my death. But Christianity is based on Christ. If Christ be not raised, then our preaching is in vain and we're all still dead in our sins. If, there, if, if Jesus, the beauty of Christianity, you know, Chesterton once said that America was the only country ever, ever founded on a creed. Well, Christianity is the only religion that wasn't founded on a creed. It was founded on a historical fact 
that either God supernaturally intervened in a human history, the hand of God, to raise his son from the dead, or he didn't. If he did not, then everything we have to say in that book is irrelevant. At best, it's, a, it's Aesop's fables. It's, it's wisdom, you know, that is good to practice in the natural. But if God did do that, then we have to consider every last word of what's, that's when sola scriptura comes into play. Yeah. And I think that's where we've got to have a focus. And I don't mean this on, you know, well, I don't, you know, I'm not spiritual or I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, or I'm not going to put a cross on my church because it might drive seekers away. Those are false choices driven by people that are helping drive this culture into a ditch. I mean, earnestly bring the gospel beginning with the one who is the embodiment of it. Jesus Christ who lives in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. This is wonderful. I couldn't agree more. Our guest has been Steve Dace. His website, stevedace.com. Amen. Thank and, you very much. And Rick. your website and your book again? A Nefarious Plot. Thank you. All right. God bless you in Jesus' name. I'm Dr. Chaps. We'll be right back. This is PIJN News. Defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Do you ever pray and sometimes you feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling and they don't get to God or maybe you don't get the result that you hoped for? I'm Dr. Chaps and I want to make available to you a new resource, a four-part video Bible teaching series on how to pray effective prayers. Did you know God has given us instructions in the Bible? For example, in 1 Timothy 2, there are four different Greek words for four different kinds of prayers, supplication, petition, intercession, and thanksgiving. If you don't understand the way God teaches us to pray, then we cannot expect the result for which we hope. I'm asking you to get this important Bible video teaching series on DVD for a suggested donation of only $30. Call us right now at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org and get this important video resource for your family. Call us right now. How is your marriage doing? Ladies, would you like to learn how to get your husband to love you the way Christ loves the church? Men, would you like your wife to show proper respect? You know, there's a Bible way to have a godly marriage. I'm not saying I'm the expert, but we interview in a four-part video teaching series, a marriage and family ministry expert, Vince Dacchioli. And we go through the scriptures in four different parts. Part one is God's design for man and woman. Part two is godly roles for husband and wife. Three is sex and intimacy within godly marriage. And also God's plan for divorce. You wanna have this important four part video series available for a suggested donation of $30 if you call our toll free prayer line at 866-Obey-God Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Thank you so much for supporting us, and God bless you in Jesus' name. Please donate to help us stay on the air. We need your contributions. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. The Bible says in Proverbs 21, he covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and does not spare. God bless you in Jesus' name. We'll see you next time.
Chaplain Klingenschmidt is a graduate of the U.S. Air Force Academy who earned his Ph.D. in theology from Regent University. As a former Navy chaplain, by taking a public stand for freedom of speech and religious expression, and by sacrificing his own 16-year career and million-dollar pension, he was vindicated by the U.S. Congress, who changed the law and restored freedom for military chaplains to pray in Jesus' name. Dr. Chaps not only defended the Constitution, but his petitions have helped change the law in 10 states, restoring freedom to pray in Jesus' name. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll-free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.